0: I'm Jessica Harris. This is From Scratch. My guest is Andrew Cheung, co-founder of Panda Express, an American-Chinese food chain located across 50 states. Panda Express has roughly 2,000 restaurants in airports, malls, universities, military bases, amusement parks, among other locations. Andrew started Panda Express with his wife, Peggy, in 1983. Its first restaurant was located in a mall in Glendale, California. Andrew and Peggy are originally from mainland China. Welcome.
1: Well, thank you very much.
0: I'd like to start with your childhood because I think it demonstrates just how far you've come from a child in mainland China to now the owner of one of the largest restaurant chains in the United States with more than $3 billion in sales. There was a civil war in China uh, when your parents finally decided to leave. This was after about a decade of the Japanese occupation. Is that correct?
1: There was a civil war between the communists and the nationalists. Around 1949, a year after I was born, the communists took over mainland China. And my father left to go to Taiwan. However, my mother and I lived in the countryside
0: and your mom decided to take you out of the country, but she left separately because she was afraid that your crying might expose her.
1: So my mother could snuck out at night, and they could be quiet, they could be controlled, right? As a child, I had to be uh, snucked out, uh, smuggled out. Uh, that, was a, that was pretty traumatic for my, uh, mm-hmm. for my mother.
0: How old were you?
1: I was uh, almost six years old.
0: You were an obedient child. Your mother uh, asked you to clean a fan in the house, uh, for example, can you tell me about that as a demonstration of your obedience?
1: I'm not sure um, obedience is the term that I would use. When I take on a task of cleaning, for example, cleaning the fan, I would take it apart and I would like wipe each wires and make it so it looks like brand new. And that's how, as an example, the thoroughness in which I like to take care of my things.
0: Your father was a chef, so you certainly had a connection to the culinary life through him. But you decided uh, to go to the United States in the 1960s, to college, to Baker University in Kansas, where you majored in applied math. What did you think you might want to do as a math major?
1: You know, I have very little choice. Coming from Japan, I spoke little or no English. The choices that I have was, you know, subjects that didn't require much reading.
0: What were your first impressions of the United States?
1: I just uh, felt, you know, what a wonderful opportunity to be here. Uh, You know, of course, never have left the family. You know, I felt very lonely. I missed comfort having, you know, home cooking. Mm -hmm. In those days, you know, you didn't get to make phone calls. You know, you go to the post office and to retrieve your letters in the mailbox. That's a highlight. You know, anytime you get a letter, uh, from home, you know, you read it over and over again, you know, and I still go back to that. I mean, I think that was a very precious time.
0: You talk about missing home cooking. And at the time, Americans did not have the exposure to Chinese food. So were there other Chinese uh, people who, with whom you ate the, the the food of your culture?
1: We were always fine, um, find things that resembled it, you know. We'll cook rice in the dormitory, put some soy sauce on it, you know, something very simple. That was a highlight, actually.
0: What did you think you wanted to do with your life professionally, or were you too young to know?
1: You know, I always admired people that had business. And all, you know, a lot of my classmates, their family all had restaurants. So the thought of having a business, that was very, very, like, top on my mind. In
0: 1973, you opened your first business. You opened Panda Inn, your first restaurant, with your wife and with your father, who came from Japan to the United States.
1: We were very fortunate that we found a place with the very little money that we had that we can afford.
0: You said to your mother after you opened it at one point, Mama, I want to open 99 more restaurants. Could you talk about just kind of the magnitude that you had in your mind and what hopes you had for yourself?
1: Well, that was not like at the very beginning. In the very beginning, you know, to be frank with you, I thought this is going to be, you know, not so tough Mm because I did a lot of study. I worked in the restaurant business in New York, well, yes. actually, uh, opening up the restaurant, it was really, really tough.
0: What were some examples of things that went wrong or, th- or, or major challenges that you remember prominently?
1: No, you know, going back like uh, 45 years ago, the impression of Chinese food was different. Plus, when I opened the store, you know, within the mile, there were two other Chinese restaurants open, and the market mm-hmm. just did not respond. Uh, What actually works is when you get a food writer on newspaper and we finally got a a write-up in L.A. Time, that was very big. That helped the business. And so it was just a very slow building process. Now, once they come to you, you better take good care of them
0: You operated this single restaurant, the Panda Inn, for about 10 years. And it wasn't until 1983, a decade later, that you came to the concept of Panda Express, a chain of restaurants. That is the result of meeting one family, the Donahue family, who were customers of yours. What is it that they did to kind of pivot your business and to help you launch Panda Express?
1: They're the developers. They seek this out. Real estate developer and uh, Terry Donahue was the UCLA head coach for football and in the Rose Bowl for quite a few years. So the family will gather, and then they will find out about us when they had an expansion in Glendale. They invited us to be there.
0: How well received was the first Panda Express? What was it like being in a mall, which was a new concept?
1: I was actually pretty scared. And it turned out actually was a lot easier than opening a sit-down restaurant. And the difference is is that uh, when you go into the mall, there's certain traffic there. We opened our store in October. Then shopping season started, and there were a lot of people in the malls. So the beginning of the Panda Express actually turned out to be a lot easier and took a lot less time.
0: And was this when you said to your mother, I, Mom, I, I'm going to have 99 more restaurants?
1: It was probably even later than that because, because when I got to maybe like 20, 30 stores, I mean, she was worried about me. She says, you know, Hey, son, I, I think you have too many stores. You sure you can handle this? Well, what I told her, you know, Don't worry, I'll be opening more stores. And frankly, I mean, in those days, not too many people have like multiple restaurants.
0: In what way did your self-discipline and your desire for order and cleanliness help you um, or manifest itself in the Panda Express restaurants?
1: I think when you do little things and, and do little things exceptionally well, that's what the game is about.
0: What's an example?
1: Of course, your restroom has to be very clean. If you go to the Panda Express, we take here our sidewalks and we take care of our uh, neighboring environment. You know, one of the things uh, I'm very particular about, I don't like to see gums on the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. We have a saying at, at Panda that anytime that I go to the store and someone has a, has a gum on their sidewalk, they owe me $100 per gum. So <laughs> um, joking aside though, you know, when people are, very caring about the environment when you remodel when you uh, put things in a good order customers see the difference and I think there's a different energy you know when you have a place that that looks good that feels good and then then likewise you will do good
0: I'm just picturing, as you're talking to me about this, I'm just picturing your your bathroom sink area, and I'm thinking of you know your toothpaste tube. And my guess is it's not all crumpled up uh, with stale toothpaste on the cap. well, for example,
1: but the little things, you know, well, even if you do, like you better have somebody that picked after you, right?
0: And what's another example of this intentionality or this order that you think sets you apart?
1: I always felt like customers really, they are the king. And I think we demonstrate it. For example, when when I first started, I would put together a $5 lunch special for a group. And they will have a blast. And then when I look at them and said, you know, maybe they didn't have enough food. I will come up with another dish, right? They say, Mm. Oh no, 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 we were so full that, you know, it was so good that we finished it all, right? And you just go above and beyond to say, you know, hey, what more can I do to make you happy? I value customers so much, even we had lines out the door, you know. So when people open the door, and they were full of people in the in the waiting area, you know, I could see a head pop out and then the customer will not come in. Then I will actually stop what I do, I'll catch them in the back door in you know, going through the parking lot and invite them back for a drink. If you want to stay longer, you know, I'll buy your drink, I'll find you a seat. So we care a lot about everything about customer.
0: Where do you think you kind of had this sense of Caring for the other, or was it just you know, business expediency? Can you think of where this comes from? Because it seems so obvious yet.
1: Well, it's not actually that obvious when you come from where I come from, right? You know, it took like three years for us really to just get out of the not able to make money when you experience. You know, making money is not so easy. Even though you pour your heart out, the value of having customers is really a a big thing.
0: Because it was so challenging for you in the early days of your first sit-down
1: restaurant. Yes, it is.
0: You said when you opened uh, Panda Express that life was a little easier uh, because there was natural traffic in the malls, and when do you feel like you started to hit your stride? Like, and you thought, oh, okay, let's do number two and number three and numbers eight and 14.
1: Frankly, after uh, we started the mall business, you know, it went a little quicker in terms of following the, that pattern. That was a uh, sort of a breakthrough. The bigger breakthrough is, you know, when you take a mall-based business, right? How do you take that and, and make it work on the street? That was even a bigger breakthrough. When you're in the mall, there's always a traffic. So there's not a very pronounced breakfast, lunch, and dinner. For us, it's lunch and dinner, right? And then void in between lunch and dinner. So that's something that I'm really worried about. You know, when I went... Uh, from the mall into the streets, you know, how do I deal with that? How do you build a store so you can, you have uh, very low cost, so, so it is sustainable? So it required us to change a lot. We had to run, run out so very lean and mean. So we had to be very detailed in terms of the the batch of cooking. So when the customer is not available, you couldn't cook a lot of food and let it sit there. So we had to cook very frequently and be very diligent about that. And also Mm -hmm. we couldn't afford to hire too many people. So Mm -hmm. our people have to be very multi-functional. You know, they have to work in, you know, they have to be able to work in the kitchen as well as cleaning and then do the front and serve the guests.
0: Also, your wife had been working as an engineer before she joined you full time at McDonnell uh, Douglas, coding simulators for them. And then she worked for the aerospace company 3M. So when she joined you full time, she helped computerize things. How did that contribute to, you know, helping you all hit your stride? And this, by the way, is in the 1980s, where this is a novel concept, computerizing operations. Oh,
1: she did more than that. I mean, you know, uh, she was a, a life savior. even though she was pregnant and tired. You know, she will come on the weekends helping us seat guests together and so forth. You know, she is the the head of the supporting function to our business and accounting, you know, uh, keep a good eye on the money and so forth. You know, that's her.
0: By the way, I first discovered you in airports. You're like my comfort food go-to before I hop on the plane. I always kind of seek you out and I thought, well, you know, what's the story behind Panda Express, which is how you ended up being here. What about airports? What was that experience like?
1: Airport is a a wonderful uh, business model. It is captive, the traffic that is always there. However, it's not an easy place to get in. Um, airport is, is tend to be very local, and it requires a lot of government uh, permits and so forth. If we are lucky to, to be invited, uh, we'd love to be there. And we can't bank on it, however.
0: Andrew, this is non sequitur, but we were talking about your toothbrush before, you know, and someone might do it for you now that your net worth is more than $3 billion. But there was a time when you did it yourself.
1: Oh, I still do a lot of things. I think, you know, I mean, you know, we still put our pants on one leg at a time, right? Having success is your ability to, you know, your ability to be able to do anything that you want. But I think, the fun part is is to stay focused and stay disciplined and and not mm-hmm. not make a big deal of that. To live a better life, it really requires all of us to uh, reinvent ourselves. That's our job to help our people. It's about physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. So it's sort of a whole person paradigm.
0: How would you say that you yourself have have done a lot of self-work and change?
1: You know, in the morning, I love to go to yoga classes, and I walk, you know, at least 10,000 steps a day. I like to listen to books on tapes and involved in a lot of of community activities.
0: This is hot yoga? Yes, it is. You were born in 1947. Do you kind of... Philosophize or kind of bask or marinate in how far you've come from that woman smuggling you from mainland China uh, when you were six years old to reunite with your mother to now. What are your thoughts mm. on that?
1: You know, I I'm more than blessed, right? It's only in America that we can uh, that I get to do what I do. I tell you though, being humble is one of the most important things uh, for me as a person. We've been exceptionally fortunate, and we're in the right place at the right time. There are people that worked really hard and not necessarily have the good results.
0: Your mother is still alive. She's in her 90s. What does she make of all this?
1: She's extremely frugal. She uh, doesn't want to spend any money. You know, when she's... uh, she's not feeling well, I get her a masseuse, and uh, she says, I hated the masseuse. Well, the <gasps> fact is, she actually liked the masseuse, but she just doesn't like to pay for it. So when mm. I pay for it, she likes it better.
0: <laughs> well, thank you very much for joining us.
1: Thank you, thank you very much.
0: My guest has been Andrew Chern, co-founder of Panda Express. I'm Jessica Harris, this is From Scratch.